Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. I'm going to get into a few things going on in the sports world, of course, folks, because that's what this podcast is. But a few of you have been uh, wanting me to talk about Avengers Endgame. At the, and I'll do that at the end of this podcast, don't worry. But, uh, you know, I've been doing my Game of Thrones review of, of sorts, at least giving my thoughts on it. And I had seen Avengers Endgame, and I'm a big MCU fan. So a few of you asked if what my thoughts were on Endgame. So I will give those to you in this podcast, kind of more in an in-depth thing. But don't worry, for you sports fans that literally care nothing about that, uh, I'll make sure that that's saved until the end of the podcast. So uh, I'll go ahead and uh, save you guys from that one. But today, we have to talk about the big news coming out from the University of Arkansas football program, and it has to do with scheduling. No, 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 no. It's not Arkansas and Arkansas State, but it's close to it, I guess. I'll just go ahead and give you all the press release from the University of Arkansas. This comes from uh, the desk of Hunter Yurichek as well as the athletic department. It says, quote, the Arkansas Razorbacks are set to play an in-state school on the football field for the first time in more than 65 years. The Razorbacks will host UAPB, the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, in 2021 as well as in 2024. Since it's a system school, it's going to be a home game for Arkansas in both matchups. The games against the Golden Lions will represent the first games against an in-state school for the Gridiron Hogs since 1944 when Arkansas defeated Arkansas Monticello, then known as Arkansas A&M, 41-0 in Fayetteville in head coach's Glenn Rose's first season. <laughs> this comes from a hundred-year check, quote, as the flagship institution within our state. Scheduling games with our sister institutions is an opportunity for us to enhance the interest of college football throughout our state while supporting other schools within the University of Arkansas system. We have already witnessed the anticipations of these meetings have created in another number of other sports. And this new football series between Arkansas and UAPB will only add to the excitement for these matchups. The University of Arkansas began playing system schools in the fall when the baseball team traveled to Little Rock to take on the Trojans in a fall baseball game, and then the two teams followed up with a regular season game in April in Bomb Stadium, and they uh, will also be taking on a UAP. It also took on UAPB in April, and in softball and tennis, they will be taking on UAPB next year as well. Now, here's what the UAPB Athletic Director Melvin Hines had to say. He says, we're excited to further expand our connection with the University of Arkansas on another his historic competition. This matchup in football creates a significant opportunity to grow the UAPB brand within the state as well as nationally strengthening our overall university system. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you not read that and immediately just know that this is the biggest troll job towards Arkansas State? And I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think every I think the University of Arkansas wins completely in this scenario i don't i don't have a problem with arkansas playing uapb at all and if you've listened to this podcast or if you've known me or followed me on social media you know that i have very strong feelings about arkansas playing 
Arkansas State in football and how I think it should never happen. It has to make sure that it never happens. It's the worst thing that Arkansas could do because they literally benefit nothing from it. Don't want to turn this into a whole podcast on Arkansas versus Arkansas State, but that's my thoughts on it. But Arkansas playing UAPB, a team that's also within the state and within the University of Arkansas system, is a win-win-win. For those people who have been so angry about Arkansas not playing in-state schools, well, here you go. They're playing an in-state school right now. And for those people that said that they're just afraid of not if not putting the money back in the state or, or having some sort of issue with those, no. They're putting money not only in the state, but they're putting it really into their back to their own pockets because it's part of the University of Arkansas system. We all win, right? That's what it's all about. And you know who doesn't benefit anything from this? Arkansas State. See, that's the whole thing about it, folks. Is the University of Arkansas has to be smart. You want them to be smart. You want the people that are running your athletic department to be extremely smart. And that was a great thing that Hunter Yurchek did and has been doing with trying to get U of A schools, system schools, involved with the athletic program. If you're, if you're going to have to deal with people whining and complaining and freaking out and, and all of that about not playing an in-state school and, and just saying how it's horrible, it's, it's a detriment. It's, it can't be standard, stood for. Well, here you go. You want an in-state school matchup? You want it to be in football? Here you go. Boom. There it is. And if anybody has an issue with this and saying, wait, well, well hold on a second, hold on a second. We, we didn't mean that. Exactly. You wanted Arkansas and Arkansas State. You don't want Arkansas to play in-state schools. You just wanted them to play Arkansas State. And so that's really what it comes down to. You were, it was hiding behind the argument of playing in-state schools, but once they schedule it, you run away from it. That's not what this is. That's not what it needs to be, and that's not the, any of the ways that people, legitimate, reasonable people, need to act towards this deal. This is a deal that works out for the U of A. This is a deal that works out for the U of A financially as well as competitively. Case closed. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think that... The UAPB marching band hopefully comes up and performs at halftime at Fayetteville. Nothing against the, the best in sight and sound at the University of Arkansas, but the UAPB's band is one of a kind. I'd love to see them come up and perform. Uh, I think that keeping the money and keeping the interest in the state is also exciting too. And to see the amount of UAPB fans that will travel up to the game uh, should be great as well. So I, ju I just am all for this. I, am, I feel like just bottom line overall – this is a great move by the U of A. This is a great move by the football program. It's a great move for everybody involved with the University of Arkansas and a great move for Hunter Yurichick. So kudos to you, Hunter. I know you listen to this podcast every single day, obviously, but kudos to you in this decision. I like it. I think it's great for Arkansas, the state of Arkansas, and uh, um, I, you know, I got my own thoughts and opinions on, uh, yeah, getting the, <laughs> getting the deals where uh, – Arkansas State's left out. So that's just me, though. That's just me. So that's that's how I feel about it. But either way, really good decision 
overall. All right, so hiring is challenging, right, folks? If you ever owned a business, you know how hiring can be a pain. I've never really had to hire somebody, and there's probably there's a reason for that because I, I hate hiring people. I hate going through resumes, going through interviews, the processes. It's always very tough because you never feel like you get the right person and you get the right uh, uh, the right promotion for it out there. Well, luckily, you got something as great as ZipRecruiter, all right? ZipRecruiter is the only one place that you need to go to where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. It's a great deal. Your job and over 100 people that you're trying to find out, you're trying to get so many people involved in trying to get to your work and trying to apply for your job so you can make sure you get the best candidate. That's what ZipRecruiter does. With the powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you will never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is also effective that so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the website within the first day. And right now, all of my listeners, all of you right now, you can get ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. You have to go here, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. I'll say it again for you in case you didn't get it. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That is ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you my Avengers review and Endgame. I got to make sure I say Avengers Endgame review because, again, some of you have been asking about it and tweeting at me about it. And uh, for those of you who don't care and uh, don't want any spoilers, because this is going to be a major spoiler alert for all of you. You can go ahead and uh, turn off the podcast, move on to something else, do something differently. Uh, because, again, this is this is something that it's not going to be an all-time deal. I'm not going to do this on every podcast. But if a lot of people are asking about it, I try to be as accommodating as humanly possible to all you great listeners. So, again, if you don't want to hear it, you know, turn off the podcast. Appreciate you listening to the first segment. Hopefully that was good enough for you. And uh, uh, it'll be back to 100% sports, at least for the most part. Uh, in the coming podcast. So again, spoiler alert, Avengers Endgame. Here's my take, my review, my opinion, whatever you want is to call it on Avengers Endgame. Folks, uh, just to be honest, I was a little disappointed with Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm a big MCU guy. Uh, I've seen all the movies at least once. Uh, I tried to watch the majority of them that I could before going into Endgame. I thought Infinity War was the gold standard, was the uh, my favorite, I would have to say, in uh, Avengers movie or just MCU movie in general was Infinity War. And the, the reason behind that is because the complexity and the writing of Thanos and the villain in that was just, it was incredible. And the acting by Josh Brolin was incredible. It was just such a, man, you wanted your heroes to win. You wanted them to save the world. You wanted them to beat Thanos. But at the same time, you emphasize with em, empathize. There we go with Thanos. You were you were almost finding like, hey, yeah, he's he's kind of evil, but he's not he's not wrong. You know, he's he's actually got some good points. 
You know, that's kind of how you felt about it, at least how I felt about it. And it was so great and, and so shocking in, in how it all played out. I knew that uh, obviously Thanos was going to win at the end of Infinity War, but uh, to see the way it happened and the way that movie ended in the, the, the quietness and the utter shock of it all, it was like, man, it's not very often that you see your favorite heroes in any movie or television show or whatever lose to that capacity. And so it was all set in motion, and I thought it was, I was like, man, I, I don't know what, how are they going to win? How are they going to get Thanos back? I mean, he just obliterated everybody. He put them all uh, out to pasture, half of them. Half of the entire universe is just gone. So it, I was like, man, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be good to see. How, if it's anything like Infinity War, the epic conclusion will be just mind-blowing. And so the, the hype machine started going up, and I started reading reviews before going into Avengers Endgame. I was making sure that I was going to see it in IMAX in Favo. I know it's not the best IMAX theater, but it's still pretty solid. Me and my brother, we go to these movies all the time. and uh, So I went and saw it there, and I uh, knew it was going to be three hours. Like, there was just all these emotions going through my body. I was like, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be fantastic. This is just going to be epic. And uh, when the movie started... And, again, if you've seen the movie, you know where I'm coming from on this. When the movie started and I see them just go to the planet that Thanos is at. Uh, I'm going to be skipping around a little bit. But they go to the planet that Thanos is at. They walk into his little hut, his retirement home, if you will. And uh, he's sitting there with, basically, massive injuries from him trying to get rid of the Infinity Stones. Because they had served their purpose. He had already snapped his fingers. He had gotten rid of the Infinity Stones. And there he was just being left to die. Well, then Thor just cuts off his head while in the middle of Tim talking. He's dead. And that's the end of it. And when I saw that scene, I was kind of like, oh, well, okay, that's kind of disappointing. I, I thought that they were going to, you know, what's going on here? You know, I was kind of wondering, is, is this a mirage or is this like a, a, a some type of flashback or something? I don't know. I was really wondering what the crap was going on because it just seemed so early in the movie that the main bad guy gets killed. And then you flash forward a few years and uh, you start seeing how, I think it's five years, the world's just kind of trying to move on. Most of the heroes that are still alive have been trying to move on and trying to you know do the job that they're supposed to do to try to make the world a better place and they're struggling with it and, and all of that. Well, Ant-Man comes back and uh, you know he comes out of the van because of a rat that stepped on the van's controls there, which it's amazing that none of this would have happened if it wasn't for that stupid rat that just stepped on a, on a power button or whatever. So, you know, Ant-Man comes back in the day and he runs over to the uh, existing Avengers like, hey, I got, I, got, I got an idea. I know how to do this. I, I don't know what happened, but I know how to do this. I know how to make this work. I know how to get it all done. And, you know, he was so excited about it. And, you know, they went through the processes of trying to figure out, and it was all about time travel. So I was like, okay, time travel makes sense they're gonna have to go back and they're gonna have to like how i thought about it, and this is honestly folks when i heard that they were going back in time i immediately said okay there must that since they know that they were separated all the avengers in, in different parts when thanos came and to get the infinity stones what they're going to do is they're going to go back in time to where they're all together and that way they can take on Thanos that way. They may not be able to take them on split up, but if they all go and, and they're all in the same group and like have this big military army scene, they all take on Thanos, even though he has most of the Infinity Stones, 
that's what's going to make the movie. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be awesome. That's what I thought it was going to happen. Um, and so they, then they do time travel, and the first hour, hour and a half was really uh, convoluted. It was confusing. It, I think they overcomplicated it as far as the going back in time and you know certain spots. And I, th- I think the throwbacks were really cool when they're going back to like previous movies. Like they went back to the original Avengers movie and Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And it's pretty funny that they're you know doing that. But it, it was just so all over the place because they said that they were going to get the, the Infinity Stones before Thanos ever gets them and destroy them. Okay, that's fine. Well, then past Thanos and like 2014 Thanos or whatever gets word of this because uh, Zebula or Nebula, not Zebula, Nebula and her mind when they went when she went back in time, they got connected with the past her past self with the present self it's like again it's really confusing and then she just projects this memory onto uh onto just like a power projector powerpoint projector and thanos sees that it's the avengers trying to get the infinity stones now this is thanos back in 2014 so he didn't even have any of the infinity stones this is like before most of these movies even took place and he sees that he's like oh crap well you know we're gonna make sure we go take care of that and then you like go through the processes of getting all the Infinity Stones, yada, 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 yada. And, uh, you know, they, they get to the point to where they're all back in, uh, in, at the Avengers headquarters, I guess. And they're all back, and then they've been working on a new gauntlet, which, you know, uh, I think it was actually... Yeah, Tony Stark created it. It was like an Iron Man-like nanotechnology, but Hulk is the one that put it on because he's the strongest. Makes sense. Because of the uh, wear and tear that it had on Thanos at the uh, at the beginning of the movie, shows how powerful it is. So they get the Infinity Stones. They have Hulk snap his fingers, so that way they all come back. All the people that went missing come back. So he snaps, and it like messes him up pretty good, and his like arms all messed up because of it, and you know half of his body and whatnot because it was just such a powerful thing. And uh, okay, so. Fine. Okay, so they're not coming back yet, but right at that time when that happens, in comes Thanos and his army through through another complicated thing of going through a portal that you know Nebula got mixed up, and it was actually past Nebula that was with them, not the present Nebula. Again, got confusing there. And then they send Thanos and his entire armies from the first Avengers movie and Avengers: Infinity War, all of them to meet up with the core group of Avengers which the only ones that go out to fight Thanos because after he just destroyed the building and they're all trying to get out was Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. That's the only ones that are fit to fight. And even the even Thor, Fat Thor, which was kind of funny. It's still kind of weird seeing a Fat Thor out there fighting. He was out there too. And so it kind of got strange. But you, you're like, okay, so what's going to happen here? Well, then I will give the credit to the movie of the epic scene that happens when all the portals from Doctor Strange open up and right before the armies come in for th- from Thanos. And then they walk in and uh, it's all the old Avengers and, and all of them from all the movies previously, like all of them, all the armies, everybody comes through and the music's playing and it's like going to be this epic battle. It's like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest scene ever, and which I did. I mean, that was an awesome, awesome scene. And then the battle rages on, and you have uh, all the heroes kind of reuniting, at least ones that you really cared about, with Iron Man and Spider-Man seeing each other again and, and all of that. 
and it's it was really cool. I will say though, side note, and this is probably going to be uh, frustrating to some people, but uh, the whole all female random scene that got thrown in there was so. Listen, I'm all for female empowerment. I'm all for female superheroes because I think that they were highlighted really well throughout this whole MCU. I, I thought that they did a really good job with it all. But when you just randomly throw it in and it, it's just like all at once they came together, I was like, what is this? There's a huge battle going on. And did all the females have to make sure that they were at that one spot for that one little spot, that one little time to make sure that they had this epic scene? It was just so out of place and forced and weird. I thought that that was just... Uh, uh, you know, one of those things I, di- I didn't care for at all, but it's neither here nor there. That was the scene that they decided to go with. And then uh, there's a battle against Fawn up. They're all fighting for the gauntlet to try to get it because Thanos is trying to get it as well. And then it ends up that uh, Thanos has it, but uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man's fighting him. Well, since it's nanotechnology and it is Tony Stark's technology, when he grabs the gauntlet, he happens to make the Infinity Stones go with Tony Stark and Iron Man to which it's Thanos didn't feel it. He tries to snap his fingers, nothing happens. Sees that the Infinity Stones are not in his gauntlet, but they're in Tony's gauntlet. And when Thanos was about to snap his fingers, he says, I am inevitable. Doesn't work, but Tony Stark gets it and snaps his fingers before he says, I am Iron Man. Snaps it. All of Thanos and his armies are wiped out completely. They all go the same route, I guess, because if you, you can select who uh, ends up being taken away in the universe, and then Tony Stark dies... They have a funeral service. They have it all and all set up. And the ending was really good and played homage to it all. And I and I really appreciated that as well. So you're probably wondering, okay, so what was the big reason that you didn't like it? You, the big reason I did not like the movie is because the superheroes, the Avengers, cheated. They cheated time. They cheated. They went back in time, went before Thanos was all powerful because they knew they couldn't beat him, and they beat him basically blindsiding him when he didn't even see it coming. That's not the battle. That's not the fight that I wanted. And again, I'm not trying to be nitpicking here, but that's not the battle that I wanted. I wanted to see them take on Thanos when he had the Infinity Stones, when he, or at least some of the Infinity Stones, when he was still all-powerful, and take him on all as one against one man in Thanos. That's how I wanted to see it. But we didn't get it that way. And it was just like, okay, so you went back in time and you defeated him when he had no stones. He had no, no powers. He was not all-powerful. He had a great army, and he was a really great warrior. But it wasn't to the same extent. And how I compare it to, imagine if you're Arkansas and you've never, you haven't beaten Nick Saban since he's been in Alabama. Well, then your Arkansas football team that ends up being really good this year, whatever year it is, you still don't beat Bama. Well, you said, okay, we're going to take this great team of ours and we're going to go back in time when Nick Saban was at Toledo. And then we're going to beat Toledo and Nick Saban, and then we're going to say we're the champions. Then we're going to say we won. Then we're going to say we beat Nick Saban. It was great. It, no, it does not have the same feel to it. It's not the same thing. It's not You're not beating that. You're, you're cheating it. You're, you're cheating the whole system. So that was my biggest disappointment with the film. Uh, again, it was a great film. I really enjoyed it as far as just from the production value and the entertainment, but I felt like it was really lacking in the plot. The storyline was convoluted. I feel like if they were going to have to try to make this so complicated, they should have made two movies instead of just one three-hour movie uh, to make to make it a little easier on everybody else. Uh, but it was the big payoff was that epic scene, which again I thought was so worth it with all of them coming in and uh, and uh, just just you know kicking tail. That was that was an awesome thing. So you know overall, I, I'd give it if, I, if it was that scale of a ten, 
I, I'd give it probably a, a seven or an eight. Uh, I still give Infinity War is my favorite one. I'd still give that one the 10. I love Captain America Civil War, too. That one was great. Basically, the war movies <laughs> end up being really great, too. Uh, you know, I love all the MCU movies, at least in their own capacity. But uh, that, that one was definitely... It wasn't the best one, but it was definitely really good and worth the price of admission for at least seeing in the movie theater. So there you have it. There's my uh, opinion on Endgame. Man, I went really long. I did not mean to do that, but I feel very passionately about this movie. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it out from there. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.